1: toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
2: Eagles fans, welcome back to another edition of Football 24-7. I'm your guy, Tone. This shows the second. I'm joined by none other than our Eagles insider, John McMullen. Before we get too deep into the content, you guys know what you have to do. Smash that like button. Make sure you're also subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. And most importantly, sit back, relax, and enjoy your Eagles talk because this is a big matchup, you guys. Some are calling it a Super Bowl rematch. Some are calling it a precursor to what's going to happen in Super Bowl 58. We're going to find out very shortly. Uh, Monday night's going to be electric, and make sure you guys are locked in for that game as well, John McMillan. I believe you're going to be on site over there uh, at uh, Arrowhead, correct?
3: Uh, uh what what's today? Saturday? Today's Still Saturday. to be determined by to, uh, the higher dead. ups, past uh, far past me. So
2: understood, um, understood.
3: Yeah, so we'll see. We'll
2: OK, sounds good. So let's you know, let's get started, man. Um, this is a big matchup. Everyone's been looking forward to it since the schedule came out. Um, we all know how Super Bowl 57 went and uh, it didn't really end up in the Philadelphia Eagles favor. Obviously, losing about three to the Chiefs. Um, Jalen Hurts played a very, very, very solid game. Still wasn't enough. Um, Patrick Mahomes did Patrick Mahomes things in that second half. The Eagles defense essentially <clears throat> collapsed. But overall, the bottom line is the Philadelphia Eagles lost the game. But maybe they have a chance of redemption. Granted, it's only a regular season matchup, but I think based off my estimation, this Eagles team has to prove to themselves that they can at least beat this team in, in, in any circumstance. You know, what, what's your thoughts on that notion?
3: Yeah, I don't I don't think that's the case. I, I really don't. I, I think, you know, I put a clip up of uh, Slay on social media. He got uh, killed a little bit. He was kind of explaining that, um, you know, players have to think about it a little bit differently. and. You know, he was talking about how quickly he turned the page on the Super Bowl, and this is not a rivalry game, and it didn't go over well. Um, But that's the mentality and um, for the vast majority of players. It's not a rivalry game. Um, No matter what they do, if they win the game by four touchdowns, they're not getting the championship. They're not getting the rings. That's been the theme this week you know, stemming from Nick Sirianni. We've heard it from, um, you know, you can't win a ring. Numerous players. So do they want to win a game? Of course they want to win a game because they want to get the number one seed. They want to go back to the Super Bowl. And Detroit's right behind them, so every game is important. But it's also an AFC game. And if you got to lose a game, you'd rather lose an AFC game than a conference game like Dallas before the bye, like San Francisco coming up, like Dallas again, like Seattle. Those games are just more important to the tie-breaking situation. Now, again, they they never want to lose a game, but there's a lot of times I think fans like to be lied to, and people (laughs) can play the game, but I respect somebody like Slay, and, and basically what he said, look, I mean, I got my kids, I got my wife. And anybody watched Kelsey on Amazon, same thing, after the Super Bowl. They had Jason going back to his hotel room. He's got his kids, he's got his wife. They got to turn the page, man. They can't, you know, life goes on. Did they want to win the game? Of course. Is this the biggest game in the world because they lost Super Bowl 57? It's not even the biggest game in three weeks because the game against Dallas was bigger. Because again, it's an NFC East game against a rival, against a team in second place, against a team you're trying to fend off for that number one seed. Hopefully, you can't see Kansas City or somebody else down the road, whether it's Baltimore or somebody else in the Super Bowl. And then it becomes a big deal. Mm. It's it's a it's it's a big game because it's the next one on the schedule
2: fair enough so you mentioned slay and how he's handling it you, you know you mentioned kelsey as well what's the overall vibes around the Care complex you know they're coming back from the bye uh you know i watched i watched a couple of these press conferences with uh sirianni and and uh jalen um jalen in particular he seems um refreshed he seems lighter uh you know what? You know what's the sense that you're getting from the uh, you know from the team since being back into the complex?
3: Yeah, I mean Jalen ditched the the knee sleeve, so that's a that's a positive, and we'll, we'll see if the the plus one in the running game uh, gets back to where it was because that's you know the Eagles know that's a big part of their struggles in the run game without the threat of Jalen Hurts pulling the football and those RPOs, RPRs, as the um, Eagles like to call them. Um, and they need to get that back and hopefully he's completely healthy, but we're not going to know that until, um, the action commences, uh, they can talk about it, but until we see it, we're not going to know about it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a good the bye week was in a, a nice spot this year, basically right in the middle of the season. So you can recharge the batteries. And it's funny because Andy reads the best bye coach in football, Kansas city's coming off a of bye week as well. And I think the men cause I, you know, talk to my partner every morning. He's like, you got to work, you got to work, you got to work more. And Andy Reid's the one who's like, no, no, no. Give the players time off. Let them, um, let them recharge. Let them settle down, get away from it, get mentally recharged as well as physically. I mean, he's been the best ever at it, and that's his advice. Now, the coaches, it's a different mindset. You should have a a really locked-in game plan because you have some extra time. But uh, for the playoffs, it's uh, for the players, it's give them some time off, and that comes directly from Andy
2: Reid. You know what's interesting? Like you mentioned, both Eagles and Chiefs are coming off a bye week. The NFL couldn't have laid this out any better. It's almost like the NFL gods or the, uh, the the football gods were like, "We want to make sure both of these teams are as prepared as they possibly can be for this big matchup." You know, again, um, not often um teams face the, not often do teams face the team they lost to or played uh, in the Super Bowl the following season. It's not necessarily often. Um, I believe historically. I heard this record. I, I'm trying to make sure I get it right. I believe in the past, uh, there's only been eight situations prior to this one where a Super Bowl team has faced off against their against their uh, their Super Bowl opponent in the following season. And I believe the the Super Bowl winner is six and two in that matchup. Uh, this would be the ninth matchup. You know, it's it's, it's you know it's, it's interesting how how the NFL laid this out perfectly, make, trying to, trying to make sure both these teams are fully prepare for this matchup, giving them, giving them the bye week at this exact same time.
3: I think that, I think the number, I, I haven't seen it. I think the number is, you know, basically at this level. I, I think it's the latest where teams have been this good uh, rematch in the Super Bowl. But, you know, again, the the NFL is playing a different game, right? They know this is a big game because they know it's oh. the Super Bowl, and to the to the fans, and they're worried about TV ratings and all that kind of stuff. They're worried a little bit uh, uh, about different things for the Eagles and the Chiefs. It's again, the Chiefs are more concerned about the number one seed in the AFC, um, and the Eagles. We just talked about what they're concerned with, and so you know, and Slade said it, it's not a rivalry game. You can try to spin it all you want. It's not a rivalry game. Dallas is a rivalry game. Um, Kansas City is not. Now, as they continue to go down the road, and maybe if they continue to play in Super Bowls three or four times, which is very unlikely, perhaps it turns into that. But right now it's not, and but that doesn't mean it's not a marquee game. It's a marquee game from the fan base's perspective. Uh no question about it.
2: So how would you gauge um the Philadelphia Eagles uh you know over the, over the past few days? Again, uh I think they got back into the complex what Thursday or something like that. Um so Well, I got back gauge... to the
3: practice fields Thursday. They were back Tuesday, but okay. uh uh practice back on the practice field Thursday. Um
2: so how would you gauge their preparation over these past several days? Um, you know, you know, what's you know, what feeling, what vibe are you getting from the players in terms of preparation? Um, you know, physically, mentally, things like that.
3: Well, the 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 physical part, the mental part, I mean, they're much healthier. You saw the injury reports all all week. They're very light. Justin Evans, limited. Um, Dallas Goddard obviously uh not practicing. He's gonna be out. Some good news today. Nick confirmed that you know, he wasn't placed on injured reserve for a reason, and that means he's probably not going to miss four games. So they're hoping to have him back. Mm. Um, At the latest December 10th at Dallas, again, rivalry game, uh, they're hoping that's the latest he'll come back, and who knows, maybe even sooner. But um, if they put him on IR, he would have to miss that game. So that's an indication of his timetable. Um, so that part's positive. We know Bradley Roby's going to be back. Cam Juergens is going to be back. Um, that's all positive. And as I mentioned, Jalen Hurts, uh, taking the sleeve off his knee, which indicates it's feeling better to him. So that's positive. Um, much healthier than they were coming into the bye. Understand you lose Nicobe Dean. Um, and, you know, the Eagles lack some depth now. I think at linebacker, that's fair to say. Christian Ellis is probably, um, not probably, is a snap away from getting significant playing time if you suffer another injury. Um, they kicked the tires on Anthony Barr, but um, he went back to Minnesota. Rashawn Evans, who just was elevated by the Cowboys to their 53, they lost Leighton Vanderash. Um, A number of teams were trying to sign him off the Cowboys practice squad. I think the Eagles were one of them. He was on the Eagles practice squad earlier this season for a very short time. So clearly they're looking for depth at linebacker. But overall, I would say this team has been the healthiest it's had been in a month or so at least.
2: You know, Cam Jordan's coming back is so interesting to me because um, obviously he's the better of um, the three guys, Sewell, Peta, and Tyler Steen right now. Uh, but with him being out for so long, you know, when, when we both know with offensive line play, continuity is everything. Are there any concerns, um, at least by you, in terms of, uh, the, you know, the how good this offensive line uh, could potentially be, especially throwing Cam Jurgens back there, um, you know, coming off the injury? Again, he's healthy, probably as, help, as healthy he's going to get. Um, do you have any concerns in terms of continuity being in sync um, you know, going up against this high-powered pass rush that the Chiefs have.
3: Now the other four guys are there and have been there, and you know Cam is a, is a better player right now than Suo Petter or Tyler Steen. So, might you have a, a a hiccup here and there as he gets back into it? Sure, but uh, nothing's perfect. Um, he's you know he's going to make the offensive line better, so. I don't, I don't worry about that. You know, there's so unrealistic expectations. Sure. He might have, he might get beaten on occasions. Chris Jones is one of the the best defensive players in the NFL. The chiefs defense overall is fourth in the NFL. They've had a tremendous uh, year defensively. George Karloptis has turned into a big time pass rusher. Um, so they're good, but you know, that's one of the strength the Eagles have generally is they can block anybody. Uh, that doesn't mean you're never going to get a sack or you're never going to get a tackle for a loss. It means
0: you're going to be more
3: consistent blocking than most teams against Kansas City.
2: OK, so let's get into let's get into matchups. Right. You know, we talk we're talking about Kansas City's defense, uh, Eagles offense. What matchups do you anticipate the Philadelphia Eagles trying to exploit on the Kansas City defensive side? Again, we know their defense is playing as good as it's ever been in a long time. They're a top five defense, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, But what matchups, what part of that defense do you think can be exploited by by the Philadelphia Eagles?
3: Well, the Eagles are always, uh, you know, almost to the point of being a little bit uh, haughty, uh, to be honest. They, they they always have confidence in their receivers um, against everybody. Uh, and that's A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, obviously. And that'll be the case this week. Um, and that offensive line I just mentioned, they're always very confident that no matter what, they're going to be able to hold up um, against anybody. Kansas City, whoever, Baltimore, Cleveland, whoever you might think has the best defense. Um, they're always competent, and they should be, and you know, they're eight and one, they've won 25 of 27 with the starting quarterback. So, um, they developed this, you know, I, and, and I know, cause people ask me that every week, what do they like? Well, they, they like the same thing. They like their offense line. They like AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, literally every week. And we often ask Nick Sirianni that, and it's the same thing. It's like an echo every week, offensive line,
2: receivers. Well, do the Chiefs have any um, injuries on their defensive side that maybe can be exploited?
3: Uh, Nick Bolton's out. Um, He's been out for a while. Um, But it's, you know, like I said, it doesn't – strength, weakness. The Eagles aren't going away from what they do best. So they're not – they're at a stage where they they dictate. Mm. They're not going to be dictated to,
2: regardless of what's going on. They're going to impose yeah. their will on the opponent. Yeah.
3: Offensively, certainly, yeah. They don't. They they don't waver. Uh, they don't think. They don't think anybody has an advantage on them because wow. of their offensive line,
2: mainly. You you've covered this team for several years. That feeling that they have that they can impose their will on any opponent regardless of circumstance is this a new culture that they've begun to develop or a new feeling that they've had um ever since the Nick Sirianni era or you know uh, have you have you come across this similar uh mindset prior to Nick Sirianni um how often have you come across as in the Eagles era no during your career here never I've said you know
0: save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app
3: Last, last season was the best Eagles team, I think, of all time. I, I think in the modern era, I'm not going to go back to 1949. Ray Dinger will get mad at me. So I'm not going back to 1949 and 1950 and even 1960. But in the modern era, yeah, last year was the best Eagles team of all time, even better than the Super Bowl team. And they've continued this year. Now, they've never had this. So, no, to the point where you say, yeah, and I I use that term haughty. They're a little cocky to the point where, but they have the right to be. They've earned that right. because they keep winning. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, they don't. They dictate. That's the best way I can describe it. They they're not worried about Chris Jones or that's not to say Micah Parsons. There are certain players they know. All right, we got to block Micah Parsons. We got to block Aaron Donald. We got to block Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. They understand that they'll slide protection for certain All Pro level players, but but
2: they also know they got the personnel to handle guys like yeah,
3: that. yeah. So you know they're not fearful of of any presence on now defensively it's a little bit different.
2: Okay, let's uh, go there, right? Let's let's go to that side. Eagles defense versus Patrick Mahomes and his Chiefs offense, right? Obviously there are some major concerns um uh, you know on the back end uh at linebacker. And then obviously uh, the obvious the most obvious concern, uh Patrick Mahomes being who he is and what he is and how much damage he can deliver regardless of who's out there playing the receiver. But they're still weak there, right? So, um, what's your uh, evaluation of this Patrick Mahomes led Chiefs offense, and where do you see the Philadelphia Eagles trying to? How do you, how do you expect the Philadelphia Eagles to try to handle what's, what what Kansas City is going to try to throw at them?
3: Uh, I think they want to get the football out of his hands quickly. I think what they don't want is off schedule stuff. Uh, that's where he's going to kill you. Um, so. Even if you – um, and, and Patrick's at, at the stage of his career where he doesn't get sacks, so for the sack people, you're probably not going to get a lot of sacks. But if you're getting the football out of his hands um, in rhythm, that's probably the best-case scenario because even if you give up seven yards, eight yards, that's what you want because – They don't have the playmakers they once did when Tyree Kill was there. Um, Obviously, Travis Kelsey is great, but even Travis Kelsey is um, more dangerous when it comes to off-schedule stuff uh, in double moves and extending plays and things like that. It's a lot of the same stuff the Eagles do well. I always use the term relentless with Jalen Hurts because – You know, you might play great defense and it's third and 13 and all of a sudden he makes a play, might be running, might be with his arm extending the play, and it devastates almost, you know, sinks the defense. It's what Kansas City has been doing for years, but to an even longer period of time. Um, They're they're devastating with the off-schedule stuff, so the eagles are going to learn how the other half lives when the, when they're playing the eagles cuz kansas city's very good at the same type of same type of thing you could be all fired up and you saw it in the super bowl with the big run from patrick mahomes mm-hmm. you know he was banged up in that game you remember he, he you know there was concern he wouldn't come back in the game and you're saying well he's not mobile and all of a sudden he's making the big run um um, in the Super Bowl, that's what he does. Same thing Jalen Hurts does, but he's been doing it longer, and in an even higher degree. And that's what they're most concerned with. Um, and you know, Kevin Byard was talking about it this week. You got to be you—you you truly have to play to the to the whistle, because the play's never over. He could be on the other side of the field, and he's going to throw it uh, across the field that every quarterback in in youth football is taught not to do. He can do it. He can do it. He can throw from every arm angle. He can throw across his body. He he makes throws other people. I've always said he's the Steph Curry of, of the NFL. Mm. If you watch Patrick Mahomes as a just a pure – Coach, you would never want to tell a young player to do what Patrick Mahomes does because he can't and he's going to look terrible doing it. Um, he's 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 different.
2: So, from a pass rush perspective. And it's so funny you say that because essentially what, is, what you're saying is um, Pat, a guy like Patrick Mahomes is bad for the league, right? You know, they always give. was bad get on, for the league. It's they bad. Always get if, Steph, they always go on Steph Curry by saying he, he's ruined basketball. He has these kids checking up threes like they're Steph Curry. Well, exactly.
3: Like, if, if a bunch of average players start playing like Patrick Mahomes, you're going to see some ugly football. Right, so, right. Yeah. You're going to see some really ugly football. Um, So, yeah, that's what Steph Curry does. If you go down and take a 35-foot jump shot, that is a bad shot for everybody not named Steph Curry. He can do it. You can't. So don't do it. That's the same thing with Patrick Mahomes.
2: If only Jordan Poole took that advice. Um, But that's a sidebar conversation. Uh, (laughs) You know, John, we talk about how Mahomes is so capable of making things happen off script. And uh, similar to Jalen Hurts, but Mahomes with him, you got to play, like you said, to the whistle. You got to play until the play is quite literally dead. And with him, even it's is that always dead. So from a pressure perspective, from a from a pass rush perspective, what do you think the Philadelphia Eagles should prioritize? And what I mean by this is, um, you and I both know that sacks aren't necessarily important to you. Um, but pressure, right? Um, quarterback hits, you know, trying to get knock him off his spots, right? You've you've covered this game for a long time. And I'm sure you've seen plenty of Patrick Mahomes footage. What can this pass rush do, or what should this pass rush do to try to knock him off his spots, or at least make him somewhat uncomfortable? Because my mindset is, okay, he's only been sacked twelve times on the season, and he ha- and he has two new left, t- two new uh, offensive tackles, right? Um, and they haven't been really graded too high by P- uh, by pro football focus standards, but still, he's only been sacked twelve times. Um, that tells me he's finding a way to uh, make those guys look better than what they really are. So,
3: you know what dude, that should tell you? It almost should mean, tell you sacks aren't meaning, meaning exactly. That's and what that's what I'm getting to. You.
2: That's exactly what I'm getting to. So, should the even though this pass rush wants to get home, should there be a shift in focus or mentality for this game? For the simple fact that maybe you should try to contain him, prevent him from breaking your back. Maybe cutting the field in half, kind of make, kind of hurting him to one side of the field. How do you think uh, Sean DeSai has his pass rush um, game plan for his guy?
3: No, it doesn't change because it's you know it's focused every week. the The goal is to be disciplined mm. um, on your pass rush. So, you know, when you get in trouble, it's when guys freelance. You know, you heard some ugly stories about chase young coming out of Washington, you know, he's freelancing. He's not playing within the scheme of the defense. But, you know, going back to when Jim Schwartz was here, always preached discipline on the pass rush. Um, and he want to keep everybody penned up as much as possible. And especially as there's more mobile quarterbacks than ever before in the case of Patrick, yeah, I mean that's an indication. If, if the I I think a lot of people and I have this argument with Jody all the time. Quarterbacks can control sacks if they want to. Patrick uh, Patrick, as you mentioned, twelve. Peyton Manning. I mean, you weren't sacking Peyton Manning. If you had three sacks against Peyton Manning, it's a career day for a defense. Same thing with Tom Brady. If you want to get the football out on time, you can get the football out on time. Um, and 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 teams aren't going to have high sack numbers. The Eagles know that, and so it's about staying disciplined, not getting him, uh, letting him extend the plays, um, letting him um, as best as possible. And always, and this is where Jalen Carter comes into it. The easiest way to disrupt a quarterback is um, pressure up the middle, right in the space. That, that makes a quarterback um, most uncomfortable. the The New York Giants uh, beat uh Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl did it at the same time both both ways. Pressure right up the middle, right up the middle um And the Eagles have a player who can do that now um and I think this will be a big, Jalen Carter game. Cause he's got to get, he's got to make things real uncomfortable for Patrick Mahomes right up the middle. And that's easier said than done because the chief's interior offensive line is very good. mention mentioned strength. their tackles are not very good. That's true. Creed Humphrey's as good as it gets at center. Um, Joe Thune, Trey mm-hmm. Smith are really good guards. Um, they're really good. They're in the conversation for, you know, having the best interior offensive line right there with the Eagles and a Detroit, couple other teams.
2: So uh, as we begin to close the show, John, um, I got to ask you this. Um, coming out this bye, but this five-game stretch coming up, you know, we can even include, um, you know, the Giants-Cardinals-Giants matchup. You know, Kyler Murray's come back, so that's a different matchup now. But you know, in the second half of this season, is it fair to say that the Philadelphia Eagles are, are in playoff mode now? Uh yeah.
3: Well I, I wouldn't say playoff mode because it's not the playoffs. But yeah, I mean they they their their goals are
2: pseudo-playoff mode. Let's put it that way.
3: Their their <laughs> goals are what they are. Their goals are the number one seed. That's their goal. Their goal is the Super Bowl. I mean, let's be honest. It's not even making the playoffs. They're gonna make the playoffs you look at the probability numbers right now, I think it's Mm -hmm. 99.8%. They're going to make the playoffs. It's just a matter of, they don't want to be, they want the road to the Super Bowl to go through Lincoln Financial Field. And the only way to guarantee that is to keep winning. So in that sense, you could say they were in playoff mode week one because they want to win every game. They want to win every game, and they want that number one seed, and it's Super Bowl or bust. Now, they won't admit that. Nick won't. It's about going 1-0 and this week, and he tries to to focus in. But we all know the goals of this team, and the goals of this team aren't to beat the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football. That's a step along the way. They want to beat them, but the goals of this team are – NFC's championship number 1 seed
2: back to the Super Bowl. Have you ever been to Arrowhead? Yeah. And if so, and if so, please uh give the people uh, a sense of what the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be walking into in that environment, especially as they're going to be lowering the uh the Super Bowl banner.
3: Uh loudest outdoor stadium in the NFL. Um it is raucous. Uh, Seattle's right there. They got to play in Seattle later this season. Those are the two loudest outdoor stadiums um, in the NFL. Um, very difficult place to play. There's a reason they played what five straight. A- I, don't know, I don't know. Four, or five straight AFC Championship games at home. Um, yeah, it's really difficult place to play. Um, but no, you know, when can Nick Sirianni's first job was, um, as an assistant in Kansas city, his first NFL job and his last year in Kansas city, they were two and 14. Mm -hmm. Um, for many years, I, I went to Lambeau, um, And I always say that's one of the most storied home field advantages in NFL history. Everybody talks about it. Didn't exist between Bart Starr and Brett Favre, which was like a 20-year period. It didn't exist because they stunk. You know, the reason the Chiefs are good at home is because the Chiefs are good. Um, So the environment's just a part of it. But they're favorite by two and a half. I mean, what that really tells you, you generally get three points for a home team. So what that really tells you is Vegas thinks the Eagles are a little bit better.
2: Okay. So, um, John, once again, can you give us uh, the final update uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles injury report? And then can you also top it off with your prediction for this Monday night uh, matchup?
3: Well, I uh, can't give you a final one because it won't be out until this afternoon because it's a Monday night game. So the final injury okay. report will be out this afternoon. we're We're taping this on Saturday, so um but everybody was a full go except Alice Goddard. We already know he's not going to play. Nico right. Dean was put on IR, so you know he's not going to play. Justin Evans was limited um, on Thursday and Friday. So I still think it's probably a little bit early for him to return. Other than that, uh, everybody's good to go. Uh, Who's on the roster at this particular point? So they've been as healthy as possible. Cam Juergens will start at right guard. Bradley Roby will start at the slot cornerback position. Um, So from a health standpoint, it's as good as you can be coming off the bye. and yeah, uh, Kansas City as well. Um, they have their own bye week, so we mentioned Nick Bolton, but he's been injured, um, so they're pretty healthy as well.
2: Okay. So, do you have a score prediction for us? Or are you still holding that? Or are you still holding on to that for Monday?
3: Uh, the Eagles are going to win the game. I think it's going to be lower scoring um, than most people expect. I'm, hmm. I'm picking. You know, they're still scheduled to be a little bit of rain on Monday. That might hold things down a little bit. Taking 24 18, give a little bit of a
2: weird score. 24
3: 18 mm. Eagles.
2: Wow. Okay. I'll take those eyes. Hey, listen, you guys, smash that like button. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Remember, this is a Monday night game. So you guys are going to be able to hear from John McMullen and Jody Mack one more time prior to the game on Football 24 7. Um, hopefully, our guy Derek Gunn will be back on Monday. Um, shout out to him and his family. Um, and Rob Ellis is going to be there on Monday on Sports Take. And also, Dan Cilio is gonna give you guys so, you know, some some early game action um on the national football show. And also make sure you guys like in on the pre-post and halftime show, the Jacob Sports pre-post and halftime show, sponsored by Pond Hockey and Malamut Law. So, again, you guys smash that like button. You guys have been locked in on football twenty-four-seven. With your Eagles insider, John McMullen, and I'm your host, Tony Schultz II, and we'll see you guys next time. When it
1: comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog, but that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder it's the same chip that makes Billy the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa-
0: Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for 4 dollars each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card.